0: Do you want to build your brand by being a guest on industry-leading podcasts? If you own a business, my guess is you do. So picture this. You, a dynamic executive, effortlessly connecting with engaged audiences, turbocharging your top-of-funnel marketing, and creating a treasure trove of content with every episode. Podcasting is the game-changer you've been waiting for, and PodcastAlly.com is your VIP ticket to podcast PR success. Say goodbye to the ordinary and hello to the extraordinary exposure. Head over to podcastally.com now and let them know that Pretty OK sent you. Your brand deserves to shine, and they're ready to make it happen. Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Welker. And today I'm gonna do a quick mini sode on something I am very passionate about, which is contracts. I know, I know. Who's passionate about contracts? Me, this girl. (laughs) Because and I I think I've shared this before in earlier episodes, but one of the biggest lessons I've learned in my corporate career was to get your shit in writing. But Sam, I work with my best friend. I don't care. But Sam, we're already halfway through the project. Cool, there's still time to get your act together. But Sam, my sweet grandmother wants to invest in my company. Congrats, grandma needs to sign a fucking contract. If you've ever worked with me in any capacity um, or been a client of mine, you know how important I think it is for you to cover your ass. Better safe than sorry is cliche, but it's true. The truth of the matter is business and finance especially make people do shady shit and even your longest standing friend can turn into a different person when it's their livelihood on the table. So if it in any way shape or form involves money, you must have a contract to protect yourself. I don't care how sweet your grandma is. One big common mistake I see entrepreneurs making is using email as a quote-unquote contract. I'm doing air quotes. You just can't see it. I mean, God forbid you should ever have to take a dispute to small claims court or to collect need to collect an outstanding payment. An email, listen to me guys, is not a legally binding contract. Email can, by all means, be submitted as evidence in the court. Uh, in the same way as you would, you know, turn in any other form of documentary evidence. However, the reliability of email evidence is always subject to scrutiny. Printed email is definitely not admissible at court um, because the majority of the time the other side would challenge its authenticity. Nowadays, you can easily change the email address, the timestamp, the message content... I mean, so the other side can easily claim that you altered the email and printed it off. So when in doubt, get a signed and dated contract. Okay, so what kind of contracts do you need? I recommend four as a bare minimum. Creative entrepreneurs should have contracts in place for almost every aspect of their business, but for the sake of time and information overload, we'll just start with the basics. So the very first one, client agreements. Let's cut right to the chase today. You need to be using a client service agreement anytime you work with a client. This is a threat and a promise. Did that sound scary? Good, I hope it sounded scary. A client service agreement is all about your relationship with clients or customers, and it is capital E essential. If you're a consultant business coach, or other service professional, your clients have to know what to expect when working with you and what their responsibilities are in the relationship. A well-drafted client service agreement outlines the basic terms of your relationship, but it also provides next steps in the event that something unexpected happens. So it can prevent disagreements and confusion with your customers, which, in turn, can prevent from any need for litigation. Nobody wants to go to court. Court is no fun. And again, it is definitely not enough just to have a statement of work or a handshake or a friendly conversation because none of those will sufficiently cover your ass if things go south. The best way to keep yourself out of hot water is to have everything in writing. Even if you think it probably won't happen, put it in there. Contracts were formed because crazy shit has happened at one time or another and someone had to learn the hard way. If you don't have a contract with your clients, it's time to get one ASAP. Even for your existing ones, if I could clap in between words without ruining your ears, I totally would. It's time to get a contract. (laughs) Um, But if you need help kicking it off, here are just a few things that your client contract should have. So mainly details of the product or the service, including deliverables. If you have it written out, there's no question about what the other party's responsibility is. That is such a big one. Payment schedule, refund policy, termination agreement. What happens if payment is late? Because everybody pays their invoices on time, right? No. And then another important thing to include in there is the copyright for your materials. Um, If you're working on a collab or rights of ownership, that's a big one. Don't lose your shit because you didn't have it in a contract. I mean, that's, it's just a place to start. Your contracts will evolve pretty quickly as you discover what works best for you and your business. I know, (laughs) I know a lot of business owners look at a client service agreement and ask, do I really need all that legal shit at the end? And the answer is yes, you absolutely do. That legal shit at the end of your client service agreement is called boilerplate. And they're standard clauses that are often found at the end of a contract just to protect you if there's a misunderstanding or confusion or, you know, just plain trouble at the OK corral during the relationship. Um, Hopefully that doesn't happen, but the boilerplate clauses control what happens if you guys end up disagreeing so please trust me when i say these exist for a reason because they have to now let's talk about the second type of contracts collaborations and partnerships if you're working with another brand or a business having a contract in place before you start similar to a client service agreement outline the deliverables make exceptions crystal clear It's just a good idea to have these things in writing so there's no confusion about like who's responsible for what it's just a good idea to have these things in writing so there's no confusion about who's responsible for what and you know each aspect of the collaboration so say you're hiring an influencer or sending a good amount of product for trade you need to lay out all the terms really clearly what are the deliverables what is the timeline and most importantly what happens if the other party doesn't follow through This is up to you, depending on how much of a hard ass you want to be. But when it comes to protecting your finance and your business, I always say the harder the ass, the better. Also, if you're paying influencers to promote your product, you need to add in some kind of non-compete clause in there um, that outlines a time period where they can't promote products from your competitors. It not only leaves you feeling really gross if you see that, but it waters down the results of the partnership. So adding that in will help you get all the bang for your buck by covering your ass. Listen, I'm not one to knock influencers. I can't even not laugh when I say it. Um, But there are so many thirsty bitches out there. And they're sending mass templated emails to every brand they think they can get something from. You guys remember that episode, How to Pitch Yourself to Brands Without Being Gross? These are the people I'm talking about. If you have a small business and don't have the liberty of sending out free product to every macro or micro influencer that asks, you need to make sure that the ones you do select follow through on their end of the deal. I've seen this happen way too many times. You ship out product and then it just goes radio silence, crickets, nothing. I'm not saying people are bad or people are evil, but people are flaky. And even if you're just sending product and no cash is actually exchanging hands, it's still money out of your pocket and your bottom line. So don't let fucking influencers ghost you. Like I said, I've seen it happen to people way too many times. Okay. The third type of contract is for vendors. If you use consistent vendors for supplies or products, make sure you have a contract in place with them, no matter how much you trust them or what your personal relationship is. Having a contract with them will ensure they hold up their end of the deal each time and you're never caught by surprise. Honestly, I can't tell you how many clients I've had that came to me in a financial crisis because their long-term suppliers suddenly threw them for a loop by either doubling the prices without warning or terminated the relationship altogether. So similar to client agreements, vendor contracts should have the scope of the services or the products, depending on what your business is, payment terms, termination terms, and what'll happen if someone breaches the agreement. Breach is just a fancy word for saying someone sucked at holding up their end of the deal. Even if it's just to build in a buffer of time to protect yourself, contracts with your vendors can make sure that you're never caught by surprise. And if your vendors aren't offering a contract, That would raise a little bit of a red flag for me, but that's another story for another day. Okay. And lastly, employees and contractors. So whether you're 1099-ing your contractors or you have a staff of 12, contracts are a must. This is a great place for you to outline job expectations and requirements. And I get off on that shit. I think it's so fun, but then again, we all know I'm, I'm kind of weird that way. So of course you'll want to clearly define roles and responsibilities along with compensation. And this goes for both employee contracts and contractor contracts. This just serves as a way for you to protect yourself. You know, whenever you unfortunately decide to let someone go and it will happen. If you haven't had to fire anybody yet, that day is coming my friend and it sucks. It's no fun for anybody. Having as much as you can in writing will make it a lot easier. So contractors and employees um, are going to have two very different type of contracts just because of how the state laws handle each one, which this could very well be a whole topic on its own, but I won't go into it too deeply. But I I will say this, even if you're paying someone cash under the table, you need to have a contractor agreement with them just between the two of you. That way they can't come back later and claim non-payment or something else crazy. Anybody see the last few episodes of Big Little Lies Season 2? The nanny? Hello? Special services should be included in your contractor agreement. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Also, don't pay people cash under the table. It's better for you and your business, I promise. So, contracts are so boring, but they serve so many different purposes for your business. But like I said, most importantly, there's something that everyone involved can check back on at any point, whether it's to reference if there's a question, you know, about what the working relationship is supposed to include, what the agreed upon deadlines are, payment expectations, all that jazz. So when in doubt, cover your ass. It's a cute ass and it deserves it. Okay, that's my quick little mini soda for the week. If you haven't listened to the most recent episodes with Natalie Gill and Taryn Sutherland Gross, I highly recommend you do that ASAP because they're awesome and it was so much fun recording those episodes with them and I just crack up with both of those girls, but they're both so smart too, which is kind of the goal here. Real people with real businesses who are working through their shit because that's what we're all doing, right? <laughs> okay. One more thing. I forgot to mention before we sign off, uh, somebody said yeehaw the other day when they were listening to my podcast, and the music at the beginning and the end is my husband. I just thought that was really cute, and you should know it. He recorded just for me. I told him, I want it to sound like Dolly Parton, but faster, and I think I think he did a good job. <laughs> so shout out to my cute husband who has never in his life listened to this podcast and never will. If you're enjoying the podcast, please head to iTunes and leave a nice little rating and review. The more stars, the better. Uh, And be sure you're following along on Instagram at Podcast and checking out show notes for uh, resources mentioned, links, all that kind of stuff at PrettyOKPodcast.com. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. Have a good week. Bye. (music)